Talmor, Sheshin Mugachi. Talmor is my home. My family have worked the land for generations. My grand says the island does not belong to us, but we belong to the island. And we must be ready for a great evil is coming. And death follows with it. Listen and subscribe to the latest season of Undertow, The Harrowing, a Storyglass production presented by Realm, available wherever you get your podcasts. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I study the secrets of the divine plagues and uncover the blasphemous truth that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Bantwine, wherever podcasts are available. Realm presents Adegaz Media Production, The Dark Tome. Season 1, Episode 9, How Gussie Got the Book, by Fred Greenhalgh. Back in the bookshop. Safe. Hello? Who's that? Oh, crap! That's my guidance Hello? counselor! Shh! I'll take care of it. How? I got it, okay? Hi there! Uh, can I help you? Ah, Mr. Gussie. So you had a fire in here? Yeah, some moron came in here with a cigarette. I was out back. Next thing I hear was the guy yelling he'd set a stack of John Grisham paperbacks on fire. Lucky I keep a fire extinguisher handy. Obey all the fire codes. Yeah, too bad he didn't burn up all your unread copies of Trump's Art of the Deal. Yeah, yeah. Something I can help you with, George? You still looking for unseen worlds? Finding unsuspecting people and sending them off with your tome, Mr. Gussie? Are you, uh, looking for a particular title? Uh, this is a bookshop, you know, for paying customers. Yeah, I'm very interested in a particular book. One which is rightfully my father's. A book which should have been burned. My dad didn't have the guts to do it, so I'd like to. I don't follow you. The first time I traveled, I traveled alone. I was guided to hell by a man who murdered his cousin and came back with a bird that sang when people told it lies. You know what this is? It's a personal essay from Cassie Pinkham about what she learned in community service at the hospital bedside of Mr. Gussie. Girl has a colorful imagination. Reads a lot of books. Well, the girl has not appeared at school for over a week. Excuse me? She was last seen at the senior prom ten days ago. She left with Kim Norwich, also a senior. Cassie came home in the middle of the night, and apparently there was a uh, domestic altercation. Is that right? There were raised words between her and her mother's boyfriend, and windows were broken in their apartment. Cassie stormed out. She hasn't been seen since. You're coming to me looking for a missing girl? Who do I look like, Sam Spade? 
thought maybe you would have seen her. She was spending a lot of time here before she went missing. Can't help you. Isn't this uh, something the police should be looking into? Police have been looking, believe me. They've been digging through Cassie's social media accounts and they've been questioning her friend Kim. But you know as well as I do, Mr. Gussie, that they're not going to find her, are they? Not out there. I thought you might appreciate me coming to you first, before the police got involved. They might not appreciate literature as much as I do. I'm afraid I can't help you, George. Last I saw Cassie, it was the night of the prom, same as you. Sent her off and wished her well. Haven't seen her since. So that's how it's going to be, hmm? It is. I thought that might be your answer. Okay. Well, when it all goes down, Mr. Gussie, you'll only have yourself to blame. Sorry I couldn't help you, George. I'll keep an eye out for the girl. She's a smart kid. I'm sure she knows better than to get herself into trouble. Yes, she's smart. That's exactly what I'm worried about. Coast is clear, Cassie. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Gussie. Quiet now. We're getting you downstairs. He ain't safe anymore. Did he say ten days? I've been missing for ten days? You heard him right. Last time, when I came back from the prom, it was Saturday instead of Friday, but... Now, Mr. Gussie, what's going on? Remember our conversation about going sideways? Well, looks like we veered real sideways this time. Ten days? Cassie, you just heard we're in a red-hot pile of trouble right now, but, but before we go any further, I think I better fill you in. I think it's time to tell you how I came across the dark tone. I'm listening. You better take a seat. Your guidance counselor, George, well, his pa was named Billy. Billy and me, well, we were roommates back in university. Would have been 1972. At first... We didn't take to each other too well. Billy, he liked to stay out late and party. Would have come into our dorm room smelling like the moppings of a dive bar. Me? I'd be asleep early. Usually falling asleep with my nose in a book. I grew up with poor, honest folk. I was the first in my family to go to college. And I didn't want to waste my opportunity by swilling down to the bottom of a bottle. Besides, I had other extracurricular interests. Demons, portals, other worlds? Yeah. That sort of thing you want to attempt with a clear head. Billy and me, we didn't get along. Not at first. But then something changed? It's funny, really. How you can go from... Wanting to wring someone's neck to having them become one of your true buddies. We each had to get one step closer to each other's worlds. 
I never showed him what I was really tinkering with outside of my schoolwork. Uh-huh. You see, Cassie, I had a beat-up copy of a copy of Dewormus Mysterious. Missing a bunch of pages, all faded and torn. Something I got at a yard sale. But I was sure I could get it to open me a portal. I went through about a thousand candles and incense sticks and cornmeal and chalk outlines, even plenty of chicken blood, but nothing. Not till one night when Billy walked in on one of my little experiments. All right, I've drawn out the symbols. I think that's what the book says, minus the corner that was torn out. I just need to pour out the blood and then we'll be ready to... Ah, crud. I forgot to get any. Might have to nick myself in there. Ugh. I've been searching for a hot of gold. I'm to burn time down. I'm getting old. Ba -bow -bow. Woo! <laughs> what the hell are you doing? Get away from my gate! Gussie? Gussie, man, are you smoking pot or what? What is that? Like I said, it's a gate. And I've been working on it all night. That is crazy, hey, dude! what did I say? Be careful, it took me hours to make this. Gussie, my man, you need to relax a little. Get out once in a while, you know. You want a slug? I don't. I am happy right the way I am. Hey, what happened to your hand? My... Huh? Oh! Oh, oh, I climbed over a fence on the way back because <laughs> we were uh, we were over in the girls' dorm and the campus police showed up and so we grabbed the booze and we bolted over the fence and I, I guess I caught my hand going down. Can you, and... um, can you just hold your palm over there and squeeze out a drop of blood? <laughs> a drop of what? jeez, oh, just help me out here, Billy. You're one weird dude, Gussie. You really want me to squeeze out blood onto your symbol? Yeah. Okay! Okay, sure. Sure. Why not? I'll do it if you take a haul of whiskey. So, deal? Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh! <laughs> nice. Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Okay, your turn. Yeah, 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 okay. Oh, I'm gonna need some of that after I'm a... I'm a... Wait, what? I'm holding my hand over what? Right, right there. Um, let me... Let me just fix the symbol on the cornstarch. It's just a little. Mm. Oh, yes, it's working. Working, it's what? Oh. Oh. Look at that cornstarch. It's glowing red like fire. It, it's like it showed in the book. Now, uh, oh right, now it's the words. Um, a peri spirituum ad portum. Beautiful. I can see through now. That gate is open in the floor. It's a... God, it's a different world. It's all red, like, uh... Gosh, it's like Mars, except, uh... It's more orange, kind of. No. This isn't the surface of a planet, is it? It's... Look, there's a roof. You can see shadows there. It's... Gosh, it's glowing along the surface. You can almost see... People moving. I I hear music. It's so 
Hot. Very hot. Gosh, it's smoking. Oh, damn it, the book! It's catching fire! I can hear them. They're speaking to me. There's a voice there speaking to me. Do you hear it? Do you hear it, what, Gussie? Billy, what? I said, do you hear it, Billy, Gussie? Quick, go out into the hall and grab that fire extinguisher. A fire. What? It's burning up the floor! I can hear them. They're singing to me, calling out. Damn it, to Billy! Me. Water! I need oh. water! God, give me that whiskey! <laughs> Beautiful! Oh. It's too unstable. I must have messed up oh. that pattern on the western edge there. Are, are you gonna do that again? I can't. Look at what happened to my book. Oh, we'll get you another. <laughs> okay. You're gonna get me another, Billy. Right. Where you gonna find another magical book, Billy? Well, where'd you find that one? A yard sale. Yard sale? Well, there you go. We'll go, we'll go yard sailing tomorrow. How does that sound? We? I like my parties, Gussie. Don't get me wrong, but that? That? That was the real deal. Ah, oh, wherever that was. I want to go back. An October morning in a quiet suburb in a town in Scotland. A man is walking his dog when suddenly shots are fired from a car. The man falls to the ground and the car speeds off. An ordinary residential area, but extraordinary things happen in ordinary places. The instinct right away was it was a political thing. We're talking about Russian trained, high ranking officer in the Secret Service. An Assassin Comes to Town, a six part podcast. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Sigler Slices is a fiction podcast with dark tales harvested from the mind of a number one New York Times bestselling author. Currently featuring Slay Season 2, a raunchy, monster-killing, anti-hero story that's Breaking Bad meets Buffy meets John Wick, with new episodes every Sunday. Season 1 is complete and waiting for you in the feed. Listen to Slay on Scott Sigler Slices with Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So that was the start of me and Billy being running mates. We hit up every yard sale in Maine, New Hampshire, and most of Massachusetts, and even into Rhode Island, always looking for a book that was half as powerful as my Dewormus Mysterious. We never did find any books, but we got to be good friends. Despite being a little different on the outside, we had a lot in common. His dad was an engineer and wanted him to be one too. But he wanted to be a painter instead. I told him about growing up in a family of union mill workers, how I never fit into that either. And yeah, I ended up drinking with him. Next time, after that first gulp of whiskey, was a glass of wine at the end of an epic but unsuccessful road trip to Providence. Soon, we'd go through several bottles in a single night. I could barely keep 
passing grades in my classes. Nothing was as important as the hunt for another magic book. That is, not until Olivia. Olivia? She was your wife? Eventually. I told you about my trouble finding a girlfriend in high school, and that was true enough. It wasn't much easier in college. I was too much in my own world, the world of all these books, you know. But sometimes you can be in your own world, and people can enter your orbit. I was in the library studying late for exams, by that point, I was down to one test away from passing or flunking out. And the truth of it finally gripped me. Flunking out of my freshman year of college was scarier than any demon Billy and I might have invited over from the other plane of existence. Ironically, it was my philosophy course I was about to fail out of. Not because I didn't know the material, Geez, Billy and I would get a bottle of wine open and talk about Descartes till dawn if we had the inkling. But because when it came time to try and put those thoughts onto paper, all I could manage were incoherent scribbles. Instead of writing up my thoughts on the freedom of man and the coherence of reason, I'd doodle up pictures of gates. Latin inscriptions, I might imagine, surrounding them. I thought, if maybe I could sober up, hide up in the library, I could get something that looked like a senior essay written down. But then, she sat down across from me. Excuse me, could I borrow a pen? Um, uh, a pen? <laughs> oh, right, yeah. Um, here you go. Thanks. You having a hard time with this cave thing, too? The the what? The cave? You're in Professor Witcher's class, right? Intro to philosophy? Ah, yeah, 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 that's right. The cave, I mean, of course. So, what do you make of Plato's cave? I mean, don't you think the people would figure out they're chained up after a while? Wouldn't they figure out they weren't being shown the real things, but instead were just observing the shadows of things cast by the puppet show on them? Wouldn't that happen by itself? How could anyone just sit there and buy it? Who could really sit there forever and ever and just follow along with an illusion? Um, well, I, I don't know. I think maybe there's maybe two kinds of humans. On the one hand, you got those who accept the situation they find themselves in. You know, they see what's in front of them and they're inclined to say, well, that's the way the world works. And then there's the other batch, the ones who think, hmm, well, I know that's what I'm seeing now, but I'm not sure I buy that. I'd like to go check it out for myself, test the <laughs> limits. Now, them latter half, they're the explorers. Yeah. They're the artists. Uh-huh. And which one are you? <laughs> well, I thought I was one of the latter, but now I'm not so sure. <laughs> it makes you wonder exactly how you'd know whether you were on your way to getting out of the cave or not. Well, how's that? Okay, so the second part, 
Those people who recognize that the shadows on the wall of the cave are just facsimiles of the real thing and decide to go out and look for the real things, to go to the light and all that? Well, what's to say that you're actually making progress to the light? What if you're just moving deeper in the darkness and you don't have anyone to tell you different? Like you and me, we think we're getting an education. This school around us, that's what it's designed to be, an institution of light, right? But what if this school is all part of the shadow puppets too? And we're just fooling ourselves, being led by a bunch of people who just want to show us the very best shadows on the wall of a cave that they've finished exploring. It's all very useful and functional, but it's still not real. It's still not the truth. Well, you're forgetting another part of Plato's analogy, the part about intention. <laughs> I thought you said you hadn't studied. Well, <laughs> studied maybe not, but I got a good drunk on and talked about it with a friend a time or two. <laughs> Uh, well, this one time we got to talking about the people making the shadow show, and we were just saying, well, what if those people are stuck in the cave themselves, and that's all they know? That could be. The blind leading the blind and all that. But what if they do know what else is out there, and they have made a decision to keep people in the dark, right, to shackle them up and keep them entertained so that they can go ahead and do, well, whatever it is they want to do? You think people who know the truth, would choose to hide it? Well, look around us. Um, uh, uh. Olivia. <laughs> <laughs> Olivia. Uh, hi. Hi. Olivia. Well, folks just call me, um, well, they call me Gussie. <laughs> okay. Look, so we got something fishy smelling going on with the Watergate Hotel, right? And mm -hmm. the president who just walked his way back onto the throne. Mm -hmm. Tell me that Nixon ain't one of them men who'd prefer people stayed locked up in the cave and not work their way back up to the light. I prefer my answer. Education is bullshit. <laughs> you don't think Professor Witches would go for that? <laughs> Professor Witches. Everything you and your institution stands for is a load of crap. No, I think not. <laughs> Her laughter was honey. Big, fat globs of golden sunshine at the end of a July day. She was smart as a whip. I got into talking books with her, and she could keep going as long as I could. Never met a woman like that who could keep right up with me. But unlike Billy, she didn't have that dangerous edge. She believed that the world was an all right place. She wanted to believe in the better nature of human beings. She was as weird as me in just the right way. As quickly as that, Billy and my adventures ground to a halt. We stopped the weekend road trips. We, or at least I, stopped the drinking. Sophomore, junior, and senior years whipped right by with no talk of magic doorways, gates to the demon plains. Olivia and I, we got married the summer after we graduated college. Billy was there with his fiancée, Brenda, and we all toasted each other and promised 
We'd spend plenty of long weekends together at bed and breakfasts on Maine's rugged coast or up in the White Mountains. Or maybe we'd take a road trip out to British Columbia. We were young. We could go anywhere. But we never did. What happened? Oh, the predictable things. Billy got a job at an engineering firm. I got a job at the mill. Olivia and I had a nice small house and a baby boy on the way. Life was just about as pluck as you could want it to be. Except that one night I came home from work to find that Billy's wife, Brenda, had left a message for me. Foreman needs me to work another shift. Fella called out. Oh, work? Did you just get home? It's almost midnight. Oh, that third shift is a bugger, sweetie. But we need the overtime, don't we? Mm. It's for the baby. Yes. Okay. <sighs> don't wake me when you come in. And you're not getting off making breakfast. You bet. Sleep well, my love. Mm. I barreled out of there and off to Billy's office, a place I figured he was most likely to be tinkering with whatever book he found. I assumed he wouldn't dare to do it at home and get Brenda involved, and I was right. He had an office to himself, and after hours, it was a perfect place to experiment with opening gates. I felt just like those Watergate criminals breaking in through a locked window after dark. Stupid thing, Christ. Ow! Billy? Billy? There was no sign of Billy, just a half-drunk six-pack of Schlitz and the book laying open there on a desk. I suppose you can guess what book it was. The Dark Tone. She was just as beautiful then as she is now. I could see she almost glowed. 
all the mystery we experienced in that dorm room all those years back flooded back to me. How we'd just glimpsed that cave, felt that if we could reach a little further, we could have walked right through the gate and into what exactly? For all I know, we would have choked to death on foreign air or been burnt to a cinder by the flames we saw flickering on the cave wall. But I still couldn't help but be thrilled at how far we'd gotten from the instructions in my flea-bitten old book. And this book was in much better condition. There was almost the, the smell of it in the air, crackling energy like the moments before a thunderstorm. Billy. Billy, did you... Did you go into the book? I walked up close to it, and I saw the title. The Beast in the Cave by H.P. Lovecraft. I read the first paragraph I saw out loud. The horrible conclusion which had been gradually obtruding itself on my confused and reluctant mind was now an awful certainty. I was lost, completely, hopelessly lost in the vast and labyrinthine recesses of the Mammoth Cave. Huh? to find Billy? Come down and save him. You can save him, can't you? What is this? This book is inviting me into it. What are you? Liber Tenebris. The Dark Tome. The Dark Tome. Oh, no wonder you got yourself into a bind, Billy. There's not much time, Gussie. He'll be lost if you leave him be. The book was different then from how it's been when we've been reading it. It, it was less stable. Different passages and different stories melded all together. Through me, you pass into the city of woe. Through me, you pass into eternal pain. Through me, among the people lost for I... That's, mm, Dante, no. It's, uh, swirling, turning into, um... Turn as I might, in no direction could my straining vision seize on any object capable of serving as a guidepost to set me on the outward path that nevermore should I behold the blessed light of day or scan the pleasant hills and dales of the beautiful world outside. My reason could no longer entertain the slightest unbelief. Hope had departed. That's Lovecraft again. It's, uh... It's, it's, it's changing again. I, I gotta go. The doorway is opening just for a run. Whoa! Gah. Hello? Hello? Ah, jeez, I can't see anything. I was deep in a cave, not the glowing hot sands of a Mars-like planet not under the many blue moons of Venus, or an ice world, 
but in deep, impenetrable darkness. Out in that darkness, I could hear things, voices, misery. Hello? Hello? Hey! Hey, Billy! Whoa! Okay, that's... All right, that's the wall there. Um, well, that's the wall there. Um, I'm just gonna run my hand along it. And take it easy, one step oh, in front of the other. Those voices are coming from down there. And now that my eyes had adjusted a little, I could just make out a faint glow down a long passageway. Oh yes, it went down all right. So steep a road I had to crouch and hobble down the rock passageway slathered with a, a kind of slime. I didn't want to think too hard about where it might have come from. As I got closer, I could see that the glow was warm, red, dancing. It was fire. I was getting downright hot. Easy. Easy now. Down off the rock and... What is... What is this? I finished descending the steep shaft, and there, spread out before me, was a massive cavern with a whole universe of people sprawled on the floor, chained up, pale as moonstones, their eyes dilated to full and fixed on a shadow show on the opposite wall. It was like going to a drive-in movie, except it was a drive-in movie from hell. Amongst the crowd for Billy, I was certain I'd find him down there, enslaved by that demon thing. I didn't know how I was going to go about rescuing him, but I knew I had to do it. But no. No? No what? Billy wasn't among the crowd, staring at the dancing shapes on the wall. He was standing in front of the fire. He was conducting. Billy and I had been drunk plenty of times, and there was a look on his face, like when he was well past the point of no return, and the only hope was to take the car keys away and lock him in his dorm room, roll him onto his belly so he wouldn't choke on his own vomit. Well, he had that look on his face now, that mad look, the intoxicated. But it was more than that. Behind the madness was such a sense of joy. Joy because of the power he had. I stared at him. I don't know quite how long. Long enough so I was getting intoxicated too. Swaying to the beat of the primal drums. 
entranced by the shadow show they were making on the wall. I was just getting to think about Olivia and our conversation about Plato's cave and whether there might be people with dark motivations who were in charge of the shadow show and what all that might mean. And it was about then that Billy looked up and as his eyes locked with mine, I heard him speak and I realized that my friend was not my friend any longer. Gussie, come down and join us. It's the show for the ages. What had I done that night so long ago when I opened up the portal and tempted Billy? What had slipped through and gotten into him? Or, more to my horror, was it not that something slipped into him, but part of him had slipped through into that cave and had always belonged there? Suddenly, these questions started to pound through my head. Why was he obsessed with chasing down old tomes? I never thought to ask. Me? I'm an explorer. I'm curious. If there are other worlds out there, I'd like to see them. I'm no Magellan. I'm not leaving my home and sailing a ship to unknown lands. But if I can get to distant lands from a book, then I'd like to go. But laying eyes on Billy, I realized for him it was different. He'd become entranced with something in this hellish place ever since he first witnessed it. And ever since that day, he'd longed to be back there. All this horror I saw before me, well, this was Billy's wish. What did you do? I came down to that part of hell to save Billy. That's what I decided to do. I'm not leaving here without you, Billy. Then you'll have to come and get me. Come on, friend. We have the most delicious drink you've ever imbibed. The most fabulous drug that never ends. The mind food of a thousand twisted nights. Right here, forever and ever and ever. Nope, I don't think so. I fought through this one, Billy, and there's nothing down here for you. You can dance forever, but you know you aren't up in the light above. You're in the cave with them, too. You might not be laid back watching the show, but you're still in hell with them. And what a wonderful hell it is. Hey, you! All of you! Hey, all of you! Hey, everybody, wake up! You hear me? Wake up! This is a bad dream! I can bring you back to the light! Gussie, shut up! I'm telling you, you're just trapped down here. You're watching the puppetry of some joker who's sad because his life didn't work out the way he wanted. You want something of your own? Then come, follow me, I'll show you! I saw the puzzlement, the confusion in their eyes. I thought I had them, I really did. I was just formulating my next thought, trying to figure out how I was going to get their chains off, lead them up above. But then, something happened. 
Friends, as soon as you bring me Gussie's heart! best I could up a slippery, sharp, dangerous, craggy slope. The slime got all over me. I struggle for foothold. I slash my hands and scrape my legs all the time. I could hear them behind me. I bet it tastes like sunrises. I'll around <laughs> with my fingers. I'll out with my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> They were gaining on me, I was sure. It seemed like there were a hundred, a thousand of them scurrying up the cave behind me. And all the time, down there from somewhere in the cave, I could hear Billy urging them on. Take his heart, bring it to me, we will dance forever! I scrambled up to where I had started, I thought with the beating of the drums and the howling of the crowd just behind me like a fever dream threatening to bust my skull open. In front of me, I saw a wobbling, twisting shape. The door, I thought. I staggered towards it. And it wasn't a door. It was a woman from Billy's tribe, and she jumped in front of me. You're not going through. Not until I have your heart. Please, you have to understand. It's all an illusion. I could barely make out the woman's features in the pale, reflected glow from the deep cavern. Her eyes were sunk back in her head. Her hair was thin, long, crazy. Her nails were so long, they looked like talons. And as I stared at them, they became talons. Just thinking of what to do next, when I was grabbed from behind. Quick! Cloud is on! No! 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 You're just. You're just. An illusion! And as soon as I said it, as soon as I believed it, it stopped. It stopped? I found myself alone, alone in the dark again. 
Billy? 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 Billy! As scary as that had all been, the mesmerized crowd, the thing that got inside of Billy, it was even more scary being here, now in the darkness, with no idea how I'd ever get out. I won't lie, I panicked. I started walking at random, staggering like a drunk in the dark, cracking into walls, zigzagging forward, hoping for something, anything. I thought of Olivia, of our unborn son. I'm, I'm sorry. Olivia, I am so, so sorry. I thought I was just going to help a friend. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I'm sorry. If someone could just forgive me, can get me out of here, I swear I'll never... What was that? There was a creature just ahead of me in the dark. What in God's name it could be, I didn't want to find out. I knelt down and fumbled in the dark, found a big, heavy stone, rounded it in my hand. It wasn't exactly a gem at sports, but now my life depended on it, and I wasn't going to give in to this thing without a fight. Not if it was my only chance of getting home and seeing Olivia again. With my eyesight useless, I focused on listening as intensely as I could as I heard it scraggle scratch forward on four legs. had one shot, and I didn't want to make it too early. I sucked at Little League, but I still knew how to make a pitcher's stance, and I did. I lofted the rock and listened closely, waiting for the time to come. I hit it square on, heard the wet smack of its skull caving in, and then the slobber of its breath as it splayed out, the lifeblood draining out of it. My shirt was soaked through with sweat now, and the cave was suddenly chilly. And strangely, I realized I could see. I spun around, wondering by what miracle there was light again. And I saw the dark tome lying before me on a pedestal, glowing. It did that for me too, when I took it to Nick's house. 
Uh, yeah. I rushed over and picked it up with such a rush of delight that for a moment I forgot all about the horrors I had witnessed. I could see there was just a single paragraph left in my story. I could finish it, but I wanted to see what it was. What it was? You mean the creature? Yes. I killed the thing, sight unseen, out of blind instinct, for survival. But before I left it, before I went back to my world, I needed to know what sort of creature had intended to kill me. So I turned around and walked back to it. It wasn't quite dead yet. It was panting. Whoa, as it gasped up the last of its blood. And? And I could see it was a humanoid. Long, tangled hair on its back and legs. Black hair that accentuated how pale and fishy white the creature was. Its spine was twisted over, C-shaped like it was designed to stand upright, but had contracted into this shambling, four-legged thing over time. Its hoarse breathing gave me shivers. But that wasn't the worst of it. It made one long, wasted gasp and rolled over to face me. Its face... Its face was a human face. Face I recognized. Billy's face. No. No, no. No, 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 no. Billy! 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 Get me out of here! Get me out! Get me! Gibby! Please! Take me anywhere but here! Now! Oh! Oh God! God! Billy! I didn't know what to do. My hands were wet with Billy's blood. My body was soaked with sweat and the slime of that horrible cave. What was the real Billy? The creature I'd slain? Or the monster who was delighting those awestruck masses? Or, or perhaps he was both. I went home. What am I going to say? What am I going to tell her? How, how can I... And now the latest news from Vietnam, where President Nixon defends the latest Marine operation just outside of Ho Chi Minh City. An operation that has led to tens of thousands of... The, what? President Nixon? Vietnam. We're out of Vietnam. We're... This... This must have been history. 
documentary report. It's old news. It's not. Got to go home. Go home. Paper, that's it. There's it. God, there he is again. President Nixon. Vietnam. Vietnam is over. Olivia! Hey, Olivia, sweetie! Something crazy is happening. Have you seen the paper? People think we're still in Vietnam. They. Hey, Olivia? Olivia, sweetie! Taking a shower? What are these? Hydrocodone. Who? Since when? Olivia, what the hell is going on here? God, who's been drinking whiskey? Olivia, sweetie, it looks like. God, what the hell is this? Something. This is ridiculous. Sweetie? Sweetie, I'm coming in, okay? Olivia? <laughs> Mr. Gussie? Mr. Gussie? She he was hanging there from the shower rod. Her, her face was all purple. Her, her honey blonde hair was matted to her head like a bob. Her, her pregnant belly hung there as well. She, she was a lot, lot further along than she had been when I left. It was too late for anyone to, to, to save him. My boy, it was, it was, it was too late for all of us. Oh my God, you went sideways. It took me a real long time to figure out that's what happened, but yeah, yeah, sideways or, or straight down to hell, depending on how you look at it. I made up my mind to burn the book. I drove back to Billy's office. Now, later on in the program, we'll be hearing from Jimi Hendrix, whose upcoming album, Hell Won't End, is a reflection of the conflict in Vietnam, which drags into his 30th year. I'll destroy it and the whole damn building. Gates. 
The caves, demons, stinking other planes. All of it, all of it should stay where it's supposed to stay. Over there, away from here. And now, I guess I'm gonna end it all. Destroy that book like I should have the first time. You hear that, Billy? I should have let you stay in hell where you wanted to be. I, I smoked back in those days. I grabbed a lighter, looked at the gasoline. I'd poured all through Billy's office, ready to torch the whole place. Though I didn't quite have the heart to douse the book. I stared at it. Lighter, book, lighter, book. Poised my thumb on the igniter. Worked up my nerve. My plan was to stay in the building while it burned. But then... What? A ringing phone stopped me in my tracks. You were. I was a little lost, yeah, and you set my head straight. Remember that? How? As I recall, it was with a rock. Can still sort of remember the feeling of my skull caving in. Gives me a migraine now that I think about it. Shut that little bastard up! You have a kid? have been a little different, Gussie, ever since I showed back up. I suppose you noticed that too? How do we get back? I don't know, Gussie. You're the one who wanted to leave the Shadow Show. Billy, little George wants to see his daddy. I promise you I'm going to beat that little shit as soon as he's old enough to take the belt. Billy, you've got to help me. You've got to show me what you did, how to get things back to how they're supposed to be. Stop! Can't do that, old friend. What? When you die over there, you can't see gates anymore. You wake up somewhere where there isn't any magic and with a hangover that could kill. I have been stuck here smelling dirty diapers waiting for you to get back. Comforting Olivia in her pain. Huh. What? You've been missing for months, my man. She thought you ran out on her. So I taught her some ways to stop the pain. What's the problem? Did it get to be too much? I can guess why you're back there. Why you're with the book. So I guess you have some choices now. Lucky man. I don't have choices. I'm stuck here. Good luck. You and that book and all. I stood there, staring at that lighter for a real long time. I was pretty sure I'd strike the lighter one minute, 
pretty sure I wouldn't the next. I didn't care to live or die, Cassie. I really didn't. But the thing that got into me, that kept me from making the spark, was the idea that maybe, maybe, if what we'd done with the book had landed me here, maybe there was a way to get back to where I came from. And that was the only thing that kept me going. I didn't care whether I lived or died. But if there was a way of getting back to a place where my wife and boy were alive, well, I was damn sure gonna try. So I put the lighter down, took the book home with me. I'm so sorry, Mr. Gussie. Now you don't be sorry for me, girl. I don't deserve no one's sympathy, and I don't deserve forgiveness. I'm not proud of what I've done, Cassie. I've driven myself near madness, chasing after strange worlds in the dark tome. I've shifted to worlds where Billy was and where Billy wasn't. I've seen three moons rise and places where there's no candle on the human heart. I've met demons, succubi, ghosts, banshees, but I've never come close to finding my Olivia again. And now my power is running weak. You talk about sorry? I'm the one who should be sorry, Cassie. Sorry I got you tangled up into this mess. Well, it's okay. Cause the book does good things too, right? Like gives you powers? That it does. But you come to learn power can be dangerous. It ain't right for me to have done this to you, gotten you in this deep, without telling you what you was in for, what it could cost you. At least you know now how I got the book and what it cost me. And why you need one more story. Yeah. Uh, it's... It's, uh, glowing. Uh, the book was here. It heard the story. You think? You think you being here and me telling... You think that's enough to... to open a... Gussie? Gussie, are you there? Uh, Olivia? Mr. Gussie? Uh, Olivia. Oh my god. Olivia! Mr. Gussie, I, I didn't hear anything. Olivia! Mr. G Mr. Gussie? Mr. Gussie? Mr. Gussie! I've got the police with me. We have a search warrant. We have probable cause to believe you're endangering a minor. Uh, oh, oh crap. Uh, no choice, but... Ah, I'll have to catch you next time. We're coming in! Here goes! Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, 
wherever podcasts are available. You've been listening to The Dark Tome, a Degas media production presented by Realm, produced by Fred Greenhalge and William DeFries. Full cast and crew credits, behind-the-scenes photos, and transcripts at thedarktome.com. That's thedarktome.com.